Hello and welcome back to OT and Chill, all things occupational therapy with me, Kwaku. The Royal College of Occupational Therapists Conference 2021 is now over. Myself and Farah from OT What's Your Focus decided to get people together to share their feedback and sort of review how they felt the conference went. To kickstart, I spoke to Steve Ford, the new CEO of the Royal College, about how he felt his first experience of the Occupational Therapy Conference went, some of his take-home messages, and also some of the actions he intends to take forward following this conference. Following this, you will hear from a variety of people who joined the conversation today and about their feedback and some of their take-home messages and some of the things that they want to put some action to. So let's get right into it. So I'm very happy to be joined by Steve Ford just to get his reflections from how the conference has, has gone and how he's found his first um, occupational therapy, or I hope if this is first, <laughs> occupational therapy conference. Um, hello, Steve, how are you doing? Hi, yeah, Kwaka. Yeah, no, it's I'm, I'm I'm good. It's been a it's been a full on two days, hasn't it? But actually, you know, for me, three months into the job, it, it's really come at a kind of perfect time, actually, because it's you know just just part of my own sort of induction and learning. Actually, I think you've had to dip in and out to too many, so many different sessions and just mm. yeah, just see the occupational therapy community in action has has been yeah, it's it's been fantastic actually. Mm. So thinking about the whole conference in, in general, um, what what was the most important thing that you think you've learned from listening to different talks and, you know, meeting different people? I think, um, I mean, uh, you know, that's, I'm not sure if I've fully processed everything yet because there, there was so much that, that did come through this. But I think the, the Sir Michael Marmot presentation this morning, I think, was very powerful, wasn't it, in terms of talking about in, in inequalities. But I think what what really struck me and perhaps you know in a more powerful way than I've picked up before was the contribution that occupational therapy makes in all of those settings you know the work that occupational therapists are, are, are doing with different um, kind of marginalized groups or under under privileged groups so just just really highlighted to me how important it is that that occupational therapy is properly supported and 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 resourced and and yeah empowered to work in those kind of communities because you know just that this this real sense of, of the impact that occupational therapy can make I think was powerful for me yeah so it's always difficult when you after two days um you're trying to process everything I'll probably I'm guessing it'll probably take you a couple of days just to get your head around some of the content that you've heard especially there was a lot of really powerful uh, presentations and, and and sessions and conversations so I I, I hope that you're gonna find yeah. the time to process it I, I definitely and I think you know we did we did really come I mean it was great that everyone prioritized the whole inclusion theme and I, I thought that came through really powerfully actually you know when I, I facilitated a session um last last night and, and that seemed to have been you know the, the, the contributions that people made were very very powerful and and yeah, I mean, it's clear that you know, these are themes that people have been kind of talking about and kind of acknowledging and kind of doing something about. But it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of full on now, isn't it? This is not something that we can, is, is, is you know, a, a kind of marginal priority for, 
for the college and for the whole community. This is, you know, it, it's, and it was great, I think, just to see that kind of collective commitment to, you know, we're going to do something about it. We're going to have these difficult conversations. We're going to make mistakes. We're, we're going to get things wrong, but let's, uh, yeah, this is unacceptable and and we need to move move forward. Um, fingers crossed that that we we can see some action. I said everyone likes everyone likes action, don't they? So hopefully, a lot of the conversations that have been had today, a lot of the suggestions by loads of different people, that the community itself will make those um, actions, and obviously the college will support the, the, those people to make those actions um, yeah. occur. That's the main thing. And it, obviously, this is just your first uh, impression of occupational therapy. Well, not the first because you've been in the job for three months now. It's your first impression of the OT conference, and it's been virtual. Um, how have you found this virtual? platform um, and and initial thoughts of how what's going to happen to to it in the next year or next three or four yeah. years time I mean it's really you know obviously I haven't been to a conference before but I've been to lots of other conferences and and you know there is something about the ability to kind of network and you know in some ways I think we probably like to convince ourselves don't we that the kind of conversations you have in the bar afterwards are actually just as important as and, and you know and I think they can be because of that kind of networking and, and stuff and obviously it's it's very different but but you know we have more people um attend I understand and have attended before I think it is it can therefore be more kind of accessible I think it, it makes it easier to to absorb all of the um the, the, the kind of content having it available on a platform for a, a few months afterwards um and I, I think I've, I've heard from some people that the kind of engagement actually the ability to kind of chat online and it was was you know it, it was different from those conversations you have in the coffee queue um but perhaps some of that was a bit more purposeful so I, I mean I think like all of life actually we've got quite difficult conversations now about well you know we used to do it like this we've been forced to do it like this for the last 15 months but, but what are we going to do in the, the the future? And I'm sure some kind of hybrid model is 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 kind of what we'll what we'll do. But I think you know what what the most important thing here is that that kind of participants share their feedback. What did they think was good? What what, what was less good? And and how can we get it? How can we get it right? Kind of moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the things that people have I've seen people talk about or um, or yeah, just mention in general is that. The conference is still quite expensive um it's still quite expensive even though it's online i know some costs are reduced in terms of traveling and staying over and all those other costs associated in there but still quite expensive and we talk about inclusion and mm. uh, as a main one of the main topics like you said uh, as part of it but actually we're still excluding the whole uh, um uh, sector of people who can't actually access some of the presentations is there any possibility that some of the especially some of the um keynote uh conversations can can and I know this, I'm putting you on the spot now, but is there anybody to be some of them can be made widely to all the people that could not afford? Yeah, no, I, th- I think you make a really powerful point. And I, I think that I think definitely we, you know, I mean, pe- people have paid, paid paid for stuff. And I guess and people will, will want to say, well, you know, what, what benefit did I get from from um, pay, paying for it? But I, I think I think you're right. I think we can put some some of the, 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 the content on online and make it make it kind of freely available because it's really valuable and it's there to be shared. And but I do think I, I mean what what I what what I'm going to talk about later on in in my kind of closing session is this sense of how do we build more of a social movement of occupational therapy that together, you know, we can declare to the the, the, the world the power of, 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 of what we do. And, and, you know, and so for me, that sense of 
community and involvement and participation is really important. And I think that does raise some questions about just the kind of models of membership within um, within RCOT. You know, we have specialist sections and you pay more to be in the specialist section. And, and you know, and it's not, you know, we've got to run the organisation and we need to, to raise income. And, you know, these conferences aren't cheap. You know, we, we, haven't, we haven't paid the hotel costs, but you still got a whole load of technical backup and, 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 and support. But I do want us to have a conversation about, yeah, how do we really maximise engagement um, in, in, in all of this in, in a way that's kind of sustainable. So, yeah, again, I think some great conversations to have over the next few weeks and months. Well, that's that's really good to hear, Stephen. I think that's one of the things that if you if you if we do want to build a, a bit of a social movement, I think allowing more people to enter the yeah. <laughs> that, that that community will, 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 will you know people loads of people got different skills that they can offer. You know, people are a little bit more passionate about certain areas than other people that can really you know can be activists and advocates in yeah. in different arenas. And I think some some people do feel like they are excluded from from a certain group uh, when it comes to occupational therapists like you mentioned I think you mentioned about the different models of memberships yeah. and, and things yeah. like that so I, I don't know if that, hopefully that's the kind of stuff that we might get to know a little bit more in the coming yeah. coming months yeah. from the RCOT which would be fantastic but you, you talk you talk about the social movement um and and, the, and the, the kind of atmosphere you want to create in the OT community how what is your having listened to a lot of the conversations in the in the conference what kind of what's the initial thoughts about how you your vision for for this going forward yeah well i, I mean i talk and I, you know I, I will share and i and this might get a resounding kind of raspberry or something and and, and we'll have to kind of re, 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 rethink but I, I talk about how three three kind of strategic pillars one that that sense of creating a a, a movement of of, um, of of occupational therapists that, that that kind of you know are able to raise their profile and so there's a theme also which I've which I'm calling kind of excellence, which is how do we support every occupational therapist to be the best that they can be? You know, what 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 would that look like for 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 that to be a real kind of focus? You know, I think that is about kind of learning and development and how we use kind of emerging platforms and the collective experience and expertise of the whole kind of community to have that real kind of focus on on excellence. And the third one I've called evolve because i think what's what's really clear to me and everyone has said you know the, the fantastic opportunities that there are for occupational therapy over the next 10 years but you know they're not just going to come along and be presented to us you know we've got to, to to really think about what it is we want occupational therapy to look like to grasp those opportunities how do we how do we influence the world to take those opportunities how do we what data and, and research and good practice do we have to be confident about kind of expanding in those areas? How do we how do we put all that together into a plan? How do we bring together the leaders across the, the, the community to, to help us kind of move into that, that space? So, you know, I'm really excited about that. But I think I think I just want to get us on the front foot, I think, because I think if we're not, we'll we'll miss out on some of those those opportunities. So those are kind of yeah, some kind of sense of movement, some sense of, of excellence, some sense of evolve, evolution, and all of these words we'll work on. You know, these are kind of, you know, these are quite raw at the, at the moment. And then I think kind of underpinning that is something I'm calling transforming, which is just how does the, the ARCOT become, you know, as an organization, just work in the most appropriate way to support all of those um, those activities. You know, what, 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 what 
what what do we need to how do we need to change and become more data led and values led and and inclusive and participative in all our ways of of, of working so that's yeah I mean that's that's the kind of stuff I'm hearing from people I mean you know what, how how does that sound to you does that kind of does does that resonate with you or um... it's, it's a difficult one isn't it because it's quite it's it's a it's a it's a it's appears to be quite big but I also believe that and I've said it in lots of the chats in, during the sessions that I think, and even me, I need to look inside myself and, yeah. and, and see what I want to do or what, what I want occupational therapy to be like for, for me personally yeah. and for the people that um, uh, I work with. And I think that involves looking inside and also at the same time taking a, um, a bit of a population uh, view and a bit of a, a systems view, because I don't, I personally don't believe there's a lot of occupational therapists, therapists working at a systems um, level. Um, and that that's that's one of our downfalls i think because yeah. we, we're very uh individual level which is fantastic we do fantastic work with people but when it gets to the next level we 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 sort of we're not we don't have a seat at the table <laughs> and we get the crumbs I, I, and that's yeah that's no i really get that and i i wonder i think some of that is kind of in, implicit for me in that kind of evolve you know which which is really about how we position the, um, the, the the profession around those kind of tables but you know to some extent you know I think what I've just described is just big words and you know I, I think the kind of conversations I'm looking forward to are what are the plans the programs the activities mm. that we can do to to to, to, to make those real so yeah I, I mean I you know I'm excited by this but you know it's it's to me it's very much the kind of start yeah, that's that's really good to hear. Is there any other final thoughts from the conference um, that you would like to share uh, with, with us? Well, just I think one one of the things that has come through from all my conversations is, is that that kind of sense of optimism. Actually, that you know, the, this is now the time for occupational therapy to really come into its its own. Maybe I've repeated that that point, but um, yeah, that that's that's just what really sort of you know it strikes me that um but 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 we have to make the future i guess yeah um, well no thank you so much steve i appreciate you taking the time to come and speak to me and i hope the people that do listen to it really hear what you're saying and and, and jump on board and join the <laughs> that sort of sense of community and social movement because i think that's what's really really needed and i really do hope that i can see that our cop uh, you know, taking that leadership position and, you know, driving us all forward. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes... So. And, and we're all our call. I, I hope that kind of comes over in what I'm saying. I don't want this to be the sort of, you know, 80 staff or even the 80 staff and the, you know, 2,000, 4,000 volunteers. This is about the whole membership, isn't it? And yeah. how we, we work and engage. In Actually, ways. the final point, I think that's what people maybe not experiencing, not people are not feeling, because if, yeah. even if you pay your membership, you don't feel like you're... Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's something that can be yeah. added into the model that you've created yeah yeah <laughs> just there well, well that's kind of what i mean by the movement bit but i think just you know that's why it's great to have these conversations because you're just start you know how are people hearing it and 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 what's kind of implicit and what do we make need to make mm -hmm. ex explicit but sorry you want to shut me up don't you you've got lots of no no thank you so much um yeah and, and then when 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 i release this i'll just i'll, I'll tag you and you can listen to what all the types of people have said about um, brilliant uh, the, the conference yeah thank you so much yeah and thank you for doing this that's great no cheers well it's the end of the rcot 2021 virtual conference we would have thought it after so many years of everybody meeting in person 
over the years and all of a sudden everything is online and, and guess what we're, we're back online again <laughs> doing this sort of review um, of the conference so um, I can see some very very tired faces but thank you very very much to everybody taking the time extra time to come and you know just get together have a few drinks if you having a drink of any kind um, or the disguised ones as well um, are more than welcome <laughs> um, uh, but yeah we just want to get together and have a bit of conversation about yeah the, how the conference went and We've got a number of people in here. At the moment, at present, we've got 11 people in here. Um, we're not going to do a whole round of introduction because that will be a whole podcast by itself. So I'm just going to crack on and, and and put the first question out there for, um, uh, you know, I'm going to pick on someone first to answer this question and then it'll open up to everyone else. All the faces. If, if you could see everyone's faces, everyone's like, oh, oh, <laughs> hiding in the, in the corners. Um, so the first question I had in mind was, what, was, what are some of, the, some of your initial thoughts about the format of this year's conference and i'm gonna go to who should i pick uh mish i'll go with mish first thank you kweku um i really enjoyed it because usually i end up not attending because it's too expensive to travel and too expensive of a ticket as well so it was a little bit less this year. I saw that it was 140 or something like that. And usually it's 200 and something. So in that way, it was really helpful. And we get to have all the sessions for six months. So that's really, I thought the setup was really good in that respect. Mm. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. I think that's my brief comment. <laughs> Thanks, Mish. Thank you. Uh, what about you, Eva? From a student perspective from a student perspective is excellent because i've got so much coursework as well so i could multitask and get on with coursework while i was listening um it was my first conference so i don't have anything to compare it to but i really liked i really liked the setup i like being able to hop between the sessions and plan ahead and the fact we can catch up Oh, fantastic. Uh, what about you? I'll just actually, I've just forgot, guys. I'm actually hosting this with someone else. <laughs> I just kept on talking. I'm hosting with Farah from OT. I'm, What's just, your I'm focus? just sitting here quietly, but I'm happy to talk if you want me to. <laughs> I would like you to talk. Um, uh, <laughs> how, um, how did you find the conference today, actually, over the last couple of days? I don't know. I've really enjoyed it. Um, obviously, I've not been to one previously. But um, I've listened to some previous, obviously, keynote speakers from different conferences. I think it was really well set up. I particularly liked um, the app. So I downloaded the app on my phone. I found that a really good way to just tap in, you know, book onto the sessions, follow the sessions. And it, it was um, it was a really good experience for me, particularly being my first one. I, I'd like to think they would. I know there's quite a few people out there that are keen for it to go back to an in-person type scenario but I think really it could be a bit of a mashup of the two yeah yeah no that's definitely well I had the opportunity to speak to Steve Ford um just before this uh, uh recording actually um and because I asked him to come and join us which would have been great for him to be here but he had he was he was he's a busy man so he, he gave me a little bit of his time to record and one of the things I did put to him which I'll add on to this recording when it finally goes out um was that uh, the conference being virtual it's, it's still quite expensive really for for you to be uh, <laughs> sitting at home and watching it and, and the explain obviously it still has costs um to it there's a lot of costs around it but i personally think it's still quite still quite expensive um and it could have been heavily subsidized for 
everyone so that you can have, actually have more people attending the conference because a lot of people have missed out i heard a, a bit of a stat it's about three percent of the members are actually attending the conference you know through three percent of like a first thousand mass <laughs> membership is, is quite small but yeah that's just my perfect but actually the whole setup of the conference i thought was was quite good the app was really good i was able to listen I, i'm on my annual leave so I've been painting <laughs> my kitchen. So I had it on in the background <laughs> and I was, I was listening to all the, all the conversations and that's just like me, I, I, I enjoyed listening to podcasts. So it was really good just to carry on listening to the conversations because it's, it's really difficult to study the um, slides that people put up anyway. Um, Faro, did you have something else to say? Yeah, I was just gonna say, I think on the front of accessibility, I, was, I, was, I felt a bit sad if I'm honest, because I had quite a few um, students that I've noticed both on Twitter that, and ones that got in touch with me and just saying, you know, they couldn't afford to come. And I know that the tickets for students was even less. I think it was about 49, 50 pounds, something like that. But still, when you're a student, that's a lot of money when you're living away from home. And, you know, and uh, I think as well, that's half what inspired this concert, wasn't it, Craig? Because it's like, OK, you couldn't be at the conference, but they're still trying to give something back. But essentially, that shouldn't really be the case, in my opinion. Yeah, it is tough. It is tough, please. And, and to be honest, that's another question I put to Steve about it. I said there were some very, very good presentations at the conference and I think especially some of the keynote ones definitely should be available to every single person on YouTube it's not just occupational therapists <laughs> it could be anyone that has got any interest in occupational therapy or students or anyone just to have a listen to, to think about how we can have a, a bit more of an impact um, widely uh, let's go to uh, Belle what did you think about uh, the conference today and the setup yeah I thought it was a really good setup I've been to a lot of conferences um, in person and um, I, I missed being there and having that embodied experience, but I thought it was really, really good. The platform was excellent. And what I really enjoyed this time, actually, which I hadn't appreciated before, is that with the chat box, and there was a lot of chat going on, that you got a really good sense of what everyone was thinking and feeling. And if you're just in a lecture or in a keynote, you don't know what anyone else is thinking apart from the questions they ask. So I thought that that was really interesting. And I do agree with you that um, some of the keynotes really need to be out there. You know, they are recorded, they're there. And I think it would be just brilliant to share those with the general public. Mm -hmm. um, Almi, you had, a, you had your hand up. Yes, I don't know if, if uh, maybe it was me that I didn't know how to put it, but I miss seeing sub subtitles in every of the talks. Um, and, you know, that's a big accessibility problem because you leave a big part of, you know, people that might want to, not only talking about the deaf community, but also from the point of view of someone who doesn't have English as a first language, having subtitles actually helps you comprehend and, and the, the chat that they were talking about now is a really good idea. But for me, having to concentrate on both things at the same time, it was a nightmare. I actually had to mute the chat because otherwise I couldn't focus on what the other person was saying. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But um, aside for that, and I think, you know what, I think it would be a good idea if they could, you know, share the link and make it public for those who, who wasn't able, weren't able to afford it especially in a day like today that we're talking about inclusion and, and closing the gaps. 
for people who might not be as fortunate as others, um, it will be a nice touch from the side of our court to actually, um, after the conference, publicize the link so everybody can have access to that knowledge. Mm. 100%. And that's another question I, that's a, a, another <laughs> question I put to Don't worry, that's another question I put to um, Steve um, and he was able to clarify that. But obviously, it was, it's such, uh, it's, it's so immediate that he was, he would, I don't think he'd commit to anything now without discussing it with his, with, with his, with his t- rest of his team. Kate, you wanted to say uh, something? Yeah, I just wonder how that would affect some of the academics. Because one of the things that I was slightly shocked to learn when I went to the last conference was that a lot of the people with um, particularly posters, but also definitely presentations, say, please don't share this. This isn't published yet. Please don't reproduce this. Um, because apparently the academic world is dastardly and people go around nicking stuff, which somewhat somewhat shocked and horrified me. But yeah, so I wonder whether there's an element to which people would be a bit more reticent to be sharing what they've done so freely if it's then more widely accessible and they have less control over it yes yes and one of the things that i think when if you're presenting you can give the option to for your your work to be recorded or not um or to be shared so that i think like academics wise if people were, were at early stages of research that that would make sense um but i always say learning is learning uh, you know learning is learning uh, if you're going to do something don't don't leave it behind the paywall it just actually restricts a lot of people. There's a lot of people that don't are very um, active and want to do advocacy and want to do activism and just need that, that little bit of inspiration from someone else's work to, to be able to do that. But I totally, I totally hear what you're saying. I, I'm not an academic, but I can, I can just imagine people nicking people's ideas easily. Uh, Mish? Um, I was just gonna add to Almo's thing about the captions. There was an option at the bottom and it did work. Um, of the video, there was a near the cog wheel at the bottom. You could press when it was if you were live in the session, and it would give you subtitles. Oh, and Faco and I did actually request, didn't we, for our session when it's released later for people to watch back if we could have captions up. We asked for it to be live, but apparently that wasn't an option for our particular session being a roundtable format. Um, so yeah, hopefully when it is released, I should have captions on it. But I mean, I I, would, I even wanted to go as far as having a signer, but I was pushing my luck with that. So <laughs> shouldn't have been, but yeah, yeah, I totally hear that. Um, Hannah. Yeah. Um, so so I don't know about live. I didn't see captioning live, but certainly some of the sessions that I've watched back have had captions on them. They've been slightly out of sync, but they've been there. So that's, yeah, it's good. It's definitely possible because I presented at, at the forensic um, department of, uh, or division of forensic psychology uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and it was live. It was live captioning, but it, it also was a different platform that they used um, to the swap card that we used this year. Uh, Tux. Yeah, I've just I've just got a few points to feedback. Um, I desperately tried to put live. We had to pre-record. Uh, some of us had to pre-record sessions and I desperately tried for hours to try and put live captioning on mine and it didn't work. But I did uh, download the transcript and I asked that that be sent out with my presentation. So I don't know if they'll honour that, but I really hope they do. Um, I think the format was great. I, I did like Swap Card. I think um, for next year, I would hope they, if we're still in 
if we still have some restrictions, I would hope they would consider a hybrid event. Actually, either way, I hope they would consider a hybrid event because I think previously you could only get the slides from the conference. Whereas I quite like that you can see the actual sessions for six months. I think that's a really nice touch. Um, with regards to cost, I, I think, yeah, I've vocalized this before. I think for a virtual event, it was way too much. I hear what you're saying about students, but I think even those of us employed, we're not, we're not the best paid profession. You don't, um, need, to, you don't need to be quiet on that. <laughs> we're really not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not. And I think it, it's quite, that's, that's quite an expense. And I think, um, fortunately, I work, uh, you work in the same trust as me, but quite in quite a generous trust and they sponsored um, my ticket. And I think there are other uh, agencies that were sponsoring, but I think still the cost was, I, I have to say there were a lot of treats this year you know, uh, in the conference. And I think the speakers all did brilliantly. I think there was, yeah, lovely treats, but I just think the cost was too much. And I think one thing that was really missing, which I was quite disappointed by, was all the free pens and bags and hand sanitizers <laughs> and mints. And, you know, that's not reflected in the cost. <laughs> I wonder I wonder whether from our perspective, that's like lots of pens and that keeps us going for a year. But um, I wonder also from the other side of that, whether the sponsors and the people who um, are in, normally in the whatever the, that hall is called, um, whether they got as much traffic. And, you know, I, I didn't go and look at them because I work in mental health and it's normally a bit of a stretch anyway. Um, but you yeah. can normally end up having a conversation with someone yeah. wandering around. Um, yeah, whether that then has a knock-on effect to the cost doesn't it because people aren't going to want to come and sponsor it and spend money that way then they have to raise the money through us yeah it's one of those things we i, I don't know how these things are organized but i remember the ot show i think they did a did they do a, a virtual one um and then actually it's like when you enter the room it looks like a, a massive hall and you can literally press you can press the uh the sponsor or the, the hall that you want to go into and the there will be like a room with all these um, like sponsors, like you, you mentioned, Kate. So I don't know. It's just one of those things. I, there's a lot that I didn't do this time around. Like I said before, I was multitasking. So I probably didn't have the full effect of it. But I took, and I, just like uh, took, I, I was very fortunate um, to be sponsored to attend. But I do agree. It's, it's still, it's still, you know, 3% of the of the uh, members attending is, is still quite, quite low. Um, right. So I was thinking, let's move on to, uh, okay did you have one sorry. last point yeah sorry um i always listen and think too much and then want to speak just as everyone else is ready to move on so it's a life habit um uh yeah i i think i'm a bit less enthusiastic than everyone else about the platform okay, um please do and um i'm really torn about the format i think hybrid is obviously the way forwards and anyone who doesn't think hybrid is the way forwards is a bit of a numpty but um, Hannah, stop laughing at me. <laughs> uh, I, I just, so I've only been to one before and that was the one, the last one that happened. And part of me going to that was because I was feeling quite isolated in my role. And every now and then I sort of have to dunk myself in the world of OT to sort of reinvigorate myself. And I haven't done that this time. This hasn't done that for me. Um, it's done it a little bit but it's been very isolated and I think actually being in person does that much more and because 
it does it in the sort of little informal conversations or you know waves across the room to someone you met at something else that absolutely wasn't there at all however like I only managed to go two years ago because it was in Birmingham which is just up the road and um, I wouldn't be able to afford it most of the time and you know I managed to do fit the school run in a few times and watched a couple while cooking dinner and you know so I am 100% torn about what's best in terms of the platform are definitely less enthusiastic though and I don't know whether I've just got really stupidly high standards but I can't follow those those chat boxes they they you can't follow where one person has commented on another there should have been sort of some branching or something I found that really confusing and then in any popular thing there were only like six comments so and I can't read as fast as they were flying up the screen. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. a very good point actually, because so I would be replying to someone, but actually I wouldn't know what. So I don't know what I'm replying to. So you know, like in in WhatsApp, when when you reply to the message, you can see at least the top of the message on there. You can still see it. Um, yeah, and that wasn't really coming across that well. But yeah, 100. percent I think these are kind of feedback, and hopefully the alcohol are listening and the conference organizers are listening that these little touches makes can go a long way to making people's experiences of a conference um even better because i again speaking to uh, steve he was talking about how he wants to have a bit of a social movement um in, in occupational therapy but it, it actually you've got to bring that social aspect of it together as well <laughs> and it, <laughs> it's one of the things you got to have a bit of the social aspect as well you got to start really low low level i think to just get people infused to actually want to be a, a part of the members of our COT um, to be able to even want to come to the conference, want to do the hybrid one, want to attend in person. It, it, there's a lot more to do, but yeah, we can't. It's really difficult, isn't it? This time, this 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 um, it's time that we're going through. All right. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to switch tact a little bit, and then maybe I'll lead, let Farah lead on this conversation about the presentations that really, really inspired um, you guys. Um, really. So yeah, the question is, what which presentations really inspired you? you and um yeah what, what what did you take away from it you can go first far and you can carry on Ooh, with everyone okay, else. okay oh no pressure oh there were so many i feel on the spot now chuck me in the deep end Kraku. okay um so i really listen if, if it makes it easier just pick one of these um people the lovely people that are here the presentation and say i really really enjoyed your presentation <laughs> what, what did you think of it what was it about <laughs> No, do you know what though? I did I, every single one. I, had, I didn't obviously see everything. That's impossible. But everyone I did like get a chance to tap into because I am technically I'm on placement now, right? So I'm supposed to be full time placement. So I'm squeezing it in around all of that on top. And uh, I think the ones that stood out was I was I was loving Dave Thomas what he had to say. I was loving what Anita had to say. But then that's that's kind of something that is a passion of mine anyway, talking about let's open up discussions, not sort of run the other direction or, you know, turn a blind eye. I, I love listening to Hannah speak as well about LGBTQIA+. Uh, it was it was a case of, it, it's, it's almost got to a point where it's like, so much. <laughs> yeah, it's so much. I feel like you need to, like, I, I think someone commented earlier online about, you know, thank goodness we can go back six months. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to need at least six months, I think, not just to catch up on the things I've missed that I couldn't see or spend time with, but also, um, you know, to go back on things that I really just want to listen to again and absorb. I find myself doing that in podcasts as well, though, sometimes. I think I need to listen to that again and 
But um, something I did quite like, I want, I want to get it right actually, so I'm just going to quickly look while I'm trying to tell you about it. But I don't know um, if any of you looked at those um, kind of like, I suppose, were they calling them like well-being sort of little sections on the app? And there was a lady on there, oh I can't find it because it's kicked me out, I can't remember my login. But I, I'm sure she was called, was it called Laughing Yoga? Or yes, with Penny. Oh my goodness. MVP. <laughs> that was just brilliant if you didn't watch it if you didn't go and look at that please that is something if you want something a bit more light-hearted that's going to lift your mood and your spirit a bit you've got to go back and check that out because that was just epic so yeah that was for me how about you charlotte welcome hello hello how's everyone all right? <laughs> sorry i'm late that's fine what I, are your takeaways oh my gosh i found just yeah obviously it was so much so much variety wasn't it It was absolutely amazing really and I think this conference it being loads of different kind of the session proposals that were obviously a new thing for this year and it felt like there was that ability to have like those round table discussions and to have that conversation that wasn't necessarily based on a research paper or you know any form of specific forum but it was just lovely to have that I had uh, you know what the one that I found them like such a take home that was so different there was a talk um about OT in a museum and I just found that absolutely fascinating that an OT is running a service within kind of a heritage role and it, I just reflected so much about thinking about history and how you know we're living in the present but actually there's so much history and how we can connect with that and how that gives us a sense of belonging and well-being and I just thought what can I, how on earth can I bring that into my role in a prison and so I would love to yeah look at that in a bit more about the arts and around heritage and yeah I found that really really fascinating but everything was absolutely amazing that was a really interesting one actually that's one I'm definitely going to go back and and catch back up on but how about you Sheree what about um what did you take away from the conference that really sort of stayed with you thank you Farah um I think the one session and I think it was like one of the first ones as well was the one on social occupational therapy with um Nick and Luciana I don't know if you guess a lot of nodding heads um, but I really, I really like that because I think, especially with, we're all talking about Jedi, we want our Jedi concepts to come through. Um, and I think that it was really nice how they were talking about actually like applying some of those and breaking down systemic barriers and kind of how to do that as well through primary care. And I'm also an OT student and I've not heard loads about primary care. That might just be like my, my placement interactions. So it was great being introduced to primary care, hearing like Kozawa's role, what she does, and then seeing like Nick and Luciana take that to another level, hear about something from Brazilian OT and bringing that, bringing that to us. Yeah, that book that Mish is holding up, Social Occupational Therapy, I just thought it was brilliant. And like so many people talk about these things being theoretical and Jedi concepts being very theoretical, but actually they really pointed out straight up how you can apply those in your settings. Do you know what? I didn't catch that one, so I'm going to definitely put that one on my list, top of my list somewhere, because that sounds really interesting, that one. What about you, Valentine? What did you take away from the conference that stayed with you? Um, yeah, there are quite a few highlights for the conference, really. Um, enjoyed, enjoyed quite a few sessions that were there. I think the ones that, uh, some ones that, that, that stood out were the 
um, BAME OT, um, you know, practice uh, placement experiences. Um, yeah, that 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 presentation just was 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 quite raw for me because it was uh, it highlighted some of the experiences that I went through that I didn't even think about uh, mentioning. Uh, but then also signs of happiness. Um, I thought that um, yeah, that, that lecture was just was was really great, quite creative, and how um, you know the, the the presenter just you know introduced areas around happiness and stuff and the fast and fast and slow thinking. Um, and yeah, that's something I'm, I'm definitely going to look up and uh, and read about a bit more. Um, and I think the 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 other one, I think um, yeah, the one by. Um, is it Malcolm Mermot? Um, so Michael, sorry, Mermot, I think. Uh, yeah, it was that. That was a really good presentation as well, just about the inequalities, health inequalities that are going on. Um, and here was just really bang on um, with with some of the, you know, the the, the questions around inequality and the actions um, to to implement that. So I think just the whole conference in general is really good. Um, I just had so many interests in different little areas. I really struggled to to really pick which one out to really settle for and stuff. So. Um, but overall, I thought it was it, it, it was great. I'm not too sure uh, whether I enjoyed the virtual, um, you know, side of things with it being just on, you know, either on the app and stuff like that. Um, found myself quite uh, sometimes distracted, <laughs> you know, with other things because I've got, you know, two little boys at the house and stuff. So, you know, that can make things a bit challenging, um, you know, because I think the, yeah, the, the last conference I went to was in Belfast face to face. So. The, just this whole this this experience was, was quite different so i'm a bit on the fence with it um similar with kate but overall like yeah i think those are the few sessions i really enjoyed um really really quite helpful and it, i thought sometimes especially when there were sessions that sort of clashed as in on the same time you was ending up well maybe it was just me but i was a little bit like eeny meeny miny which one will i choose all oh, that one and that was a little bit but that's i suppose that's part of the joy of being able to go back in six months, you know, over the next few weeks, months, and yeah, back to it. Absolutely. Yeah, I find myself doing the same thing as well. So I'm noting down as people are talking. So yeah, definitely going back to some of those things. But, yeah, thanks for asking. Um, one of the things, sorry, Farah, I would pick up on the point about the social occupational therapy because it's something that, uh, you know, um, Nick Pollard himself said in, in the Global South or the, uh, the South American notice have been fighting for this uh, for, for a very long time and they've actually got it recognised. But it's a, it's a concept that Jennifer Creek also talked about in um, the 2019 at the uh, OT show um, keynote um, conversation and, and that, was a, that really opened my eyes because I'd never really thought about it really i was it wasn't really on my radar um, and she's talked about how to use the uh it was like a, i forgot exactly what she talked about but she talked about using the social theory i think in our work um and having that approach and actually that's what we should be moving towards um uh, as occupational therapists rather than staying in statutory services and then a number of people that i've spoken to on, on my podcast i've talked about that uh, i've talked about we, we need to start stepping away from statutory services we're really good at statutory services we're really good at you know getting people out of bed and you know ready for things and get getting out in the community after hit we're fantastic at that we're fantastic at acute mental health we, we, everything is good there now we need to start moving to the community a little bit more and understanding how actually how do we stop people from coming into those <laughs> services and i'm not sure i've never worked in the community before so i don't know how well we do in that kind of um 
realm but that's something that's really stuck with me since i heard um jennifer creek talk about it in, in 2019 and, and it was really good to hear um, Nick Pollard mention it again and I think that's definitely something that going forward because I think definitely it will, it will increase our inclusion that we, that we talk about a lot uh, if we're actually out and about with people uh, I think that, that, that that's, that's, that's the best way to, to do that but sorry I have to carry on talking so it's like I like, I like the sound of my own voice um, I, re, I on a biased uh, side I really enjoyed uh, Deb's uh, presentation about the you know uh, occupational deprivation and feeling like we're, we're under lockdown and we're, we're in prison but we, we, we're really really not <laughs> we're far from it um and i just loved the way she was able to bring it live into the room um uh, and Debs is here actually you can tell us a little bit more about it Debs. hello i was just saying that we like the sound of your voice quaking so it's fine <laughs> um yeah, I found, I mean, you know, about, about my experience of actually presenting, I found it incredibly difficult. I was just, Charlotte and I were just in our uh, justice forum, our prison and OT forum, and it was much, much more personal. And I'd done it on a smaller scale for students. And then I was suddenly like, oh my God, I'm going to OT conference and I'm feeling really vulnerable and fragile. And I've just done this incredibly personal journey of like um, family members dying. And there was actually quite a lot of pictures and Yes, I spent the day sort of panicking about I've got to just strip this back and what's it going to be now it's not that and does it actually meet the objectives so it was quite it was quite hard so it's been nice to get feedback because I couldn't tell anymore whether it met the objectives because I stripped so much out of it I didn't know really what was left. So I'm glad you enjoyed it, Quakey. Thank you. <laughs> you. You know me. I'm biased about it. <laughs> I, I totally understand that prison life is not. It's nowhere near the disruption that we faced in lockdown, mm -hmm. where people mm -hmm. are in their cells for 23 and a half hours a day. You know, we've got Netflix and we've got Zoom and we've got yeah. all these. If you're lucky enough to have a garden, you can sit in the garden when it was warm at the beginning of lockdown. You know, <laughs> you can have a drink. Some people were putting out hot tubs in their garden. You know, build. We had all those luxuries and and for the public to compare that to life in prison life in prison is it's it's really bizarre yeah, yeah we can have a taste of it but it's really really bizarre it's definitely I think I was a lot more hard hitting about it as well and then i was just really sort of conscious that people are very sensitive and i don't want to you know in a small group you can see faces and you can have those discussions but it was really really quite hard hitting and i just didn't want to sort of offend people or for them to think that i'd had this blessed lockdown uh, but but having seen lockdown in prisons, it's quite. I found it quite difficult hearing quite privileged people talking about. Uh, it's like being in prison. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Can I say a bit, a bit about what I liked at the conference? Because I feel a bit self-conscious talking about myself again. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I missed loads of the sessions that I wanted to see. So it felt true to real life conference in that way, that everything that I wanted to get in, it was like getting to the door again and there's like 100 people at the door and you're just not going to get a seat. So most of the things that I really wanted to go to, I couldn't get into, so I'll catch up with them. But there was a couple of standouts. The museum, uh, obviously I'm biased to all the people that I know in the room that were just fabulous. Um, I really loved the museum one and I've just listened to the young woman who was talking about veterans and I just really felt she was very engaging and I, I really, really enjoyed listening to her as well. But it's more the overall feel. It was just the fact that it's just so political. It's so political. There were so many difficult things said that just aren't said at OT conferences. So it was just that overall feel of having, you know, the Bain student and then the decolonisation and then 
it just felt like it was just this non-stop politics and it was just like this is just where we need to be and uh, I share my office I had it blaring out in the office like the radio at work with all the psychologists and I was thinking god they must be just thinking we only talk about politics but it just felt great it was just yeah so it, was, it wasn't a particular session it's just that overall feeling and I'm feeling that Steve Ford feels quite different as well. I'm, I'm, I feel really positive about him coming along and I'm not saying that he's going to get it all right or be perfect, but it just feels like he's willing to shift things. He's got no pearls. <laughs> so I'm a little bit torn about that one as well um, because I, uh, this comes up with me a lot, but I totally agree we need to be in that political sphere and I totally agree that that element of this was fantastic. But there's a little niggle at the back of my brain that just keeps going, we need to be in nice guidelines. You know, for, for me to have my OT specific, uh, you know, clinical, academic, specialist role, we need to be producing evidence. And it's an, it's an interesting question, isn't it? What are co conferences for? Um, is is it an academic conference or is it a professional body conference or can it be both? I've not really thought about this properly. And I'm, I'm really sorry, Kweku, I just veer all over the place when I talk. But yeah, like I think both are really important and I don't know whether how well they fit together in the same space. But then maybe they do, because you can just have some sessions with one and some sessions with the other. Yeah, just ignore me. It's all good. Oh, it's an interesting discussion, though, Kate, to hear your point of view on that. But you go ahead, Nish, go on. I think uh, one of the things that I always say to our students is um, that we have to step out the realm of elitism. If we're social scientists and social therapists, there is space, as you say, Kate, for both our discussions and interests on topics at conference, but um, knowing the purpose of why we're presenting it at a conference, but also there is a pressing need for us to have research, robust research demonstrating our validity and our effectiveness. We do need that as well, but there's space for both. And there's different people as well. There's people that want to share um, good practice, not in an academic way. And there's people who want to go away and do research on practice and share that as well. And we need to invite everybody into that space. Otherwise, our 3% will be 0. Point something percent coming to conference. Um, and, and we have to step out the realm of elitism because that's what they did in the 1980s. They went, oh, we, we're not scientific enough, so we just have to be all sciencey. And then actually we didn't have enough evidence to be all sciencey, so we looked quite pretentious. Um, so, you know, we, we, we have to invite everybody into our occupational therapy space and let everybody who wants to shine in their different way at conference. And that's important, important for me as an educator, that that is emboldened in, in our new graduates, you know, that they can still be part of 
conference in their different ways. That sharing of knowledge as well, that's that's what comes in here, both directions. But I can see you had your hand up, Charlotte. Sorry, did you want to say? Oh yeah, I was just going to carry on the conversation really. And I think, I agree, I think there needs to be both. And I think in order for us to practice as the best occupational therapist that we can be, we need to have an awareness and to be part of that conversation because I think having all the evidence and having all the intervention and having all of the, the treatment outcomes is all great and that's what we need is of course to provide a therapy provision but the style that we do that and how we relate with each other comes from all of these conversations that we've had because we're kind of we're people aren't we we're not systems and we need to we need to be part of each other in order for those interventions to be successful. So I think, I think there needs to be a space for both. And I think it's trying to get, it's trying to get that balance, isn't it? Of, of, okay, what do we need to know in order to do our job, you know, to get the service working, but also how do we do it? And how does that feel um, as part of a, a society really? That's what um, okay. And also I think, I think it's relevant in the sense that, I don't know, for example, I did a placement in, in acute in community. And one of the things that we notice is is the fact that the, the well-being side of the person was not attended because it wasn't considered as an, as an acute need. And this happens also in acute hospitals. And then evidence says how people keep coming back to um, hospitals to ask for hospital services, not because they have medical needs, but because they have social needs that are not being met at the moment, at the time of, uh, at the first time that you have had an intervention with them. And in that sense, I think it's really relevant that in a conference, we also talk about that social and political sphere of our profession and how can we use that knowledge to, to to improve um, the clinical side of it. Um, and we also talk about always about how occupational therapies are, are meant to be holistic and we are meant to take in consideration the micro, meso and macro um, spheres when thinking about the populations that we are we are we are working with. So I think it's don't know, I, I can see the point, but for me, I think it's, it's really important to, to have a perspective from all the areas and not only from one of them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult. I think it's a bit of a mix, isn't it? It's, it's one of those things. Mm. It's, it, and it's a defined balance because you don't want it to be all academic. <laughs> because the, we'd be sitting there. I, I imagine we had to do all academic on online. Imagine that. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, we did it, all it, academic it, online this year. <laughs> Did yeah, everything it's called, online. It's called uni now, Craig. Oh yeah, uni. that's the one. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I really no. I do not. Yeah. All the people, that, all the students I've spoken to on, on the podcast regarding this going online situation. I mean, I really do not envy them because I, I don't know how I'd cope um, having to look at the screen every single day and you know not have that kind of experience that I did at university so yeah well, well done to you Farah and Mish and, and Eva actually Eva's got a hand up so you can you can crack on and make your make your point. I, I just wanted to say from a new student perspective um, having that political 
side to everything was really, I found it really important because I've felt a bit disheartened at times by trying to see what the bigger picture is. Like everything quite seems quite small. It's like we're looking at small pockets of, okay, well, we're doing this and this little bit of research, but not the wider picture of how does this affect people? What's what's the point behind it all? How do we actually make a difference? And I think that it really helped to anchor the why. It gave us like, it yeah, it just gave me more meaning and it gave me more drive to go back to uni and to practice uh, placements and just try and bring some of that with me. And I, I found it really making me a lot more excited about studying basically. So it made me a lot more excited about the academic side because I know why. <laughs> well, that's really positive Eva. Do you mind if I ask you, um, like expanding on that a little bit more, would you say that universities touched on issues that you'd come across at the conference? Um, it definitely has. We, but we haven't had very many, we haven't had like specific sessions on it. We're encouraged to talk about it. We've got certain tutors who are quite politically minded and I've had it come up in my feedback, um, like really good feedback about thinking about uh, different cultures, thinking about how to include more viewpoints, even when it's not very obviously absent from what I'm writing. Like I'm, I think because I try and write like that, they pick up on that and kind of give me more feedback on how to, but we haven't had it included um, very obviously. And that's something that I'm going to um, speak with our teaching team about because they're very receptive to our feedback and I'm definitely going to, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to speak to them about it and see what we can get. I think, um, do you know what? I think that's a real positive. It's like you've been empowered by the conference. That's got to be a positive. <laughs> Absolutely. And I keep thinking of this phrase in my head. I don't know who said it to me. It's probably German, um, but being agents of change, I don't know where that's come from in my mind, this phrase. But if we're going to be agents of change, we need to be having discussions about what it is we're trying to change. Otherwise, it's kind of like you're getting nowhere. But anyway, sorry, I've di- I've digressed, Craig. Get me back on track. Back no, on track. no, it's all right. It was one of the <laughs> it's one of the things. I think, and I and I did mention this again to Steve. I said we can do a lot of talking. Everyone can talk. I can talk as well. Um, but I think I think now is the time to put uh, everything into action a little bit. Um, and and that starts from an individual level. Um, but that from that individual level, it goes to a group level, whichever group that you feel like you belong to, or a professional group, or a social group then it then it moves on to thinking about the systems and population level um and then actually at the same time being supported to think that way by the rcot doing very similar things because um what i put to him was that sometimes we have to look inside ourselves <laughs> before we can look out because we've all got faults i can't stand i can't stand here and, um, <laughs> on the on the step and, and shout and scream about um difficulties when i haven't uh, corrected my my uh areas of difficulty so it's about looking it inwards and saying what, what, what are some of the things that I struggle with what some of the things that I'm not really learning about or some things that I have this kind of attitude towards um, learn about it and then try to m- make that change but making that change doesn't involve talking it, it actually involves doing because um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we can sit around and talk all, all, all year or night and then without no change it, do- it doesn't affect us and it doesn't affect the people that we work with who are the 
we're the most important people when we're actually at work, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. But I want to, it's talking about actions. Uh, I want to move on to the next question. And um, actually, wait a second. Has anyone got a drink in their hand? Some people look tired. You need to have a drink. If you haven't got a drink, you've got to raise the drink. Eh? Just Where? finished it. Oh, 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 you downed it. You downed it in one. Okay. <laughs> just pretend. Oh, pretend like you've got your drink there. It's a mug, oh, so, it, you know. Okay, well, just take a sip. Um, yeah. Thank you. And cheers. Cheers to everybody for attending today. Thank you to the fantastic Wait, can I community. Add something else? Is that all right? Um, would it be the same point about actions? Because that's the next question. So you can take, you can, yeah. you can start that. Yeah. So what the question was about what actions are you going to take, take away, um, take following your learning from the conference today? Mish, you go ahead. Or in general, Mish. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to go back to Kate's point is that all right yeah, and then I'll come and do the actions I it's it's the thing about um you know podcasts our stories what we talk about is still part of evidence base because it's reality it's happening in, in real time we're talking about it we're generating new knowledge we're sharing knowledge so that's also part of evidence and it can be part of research and books like this you know delivering public services that work these kind of books are just stories of people doing something trying something it worked they want to share it and I think that kind of knowledge is very empowering as well not only for the deliverer but the people receiving that as well I just don't Sorry, Mish. Sorry, I'm really loving what you're saying. I just wanted to add that it's quite interesting for me because when I set up my service, I would get academics online going, are you evidencing it? Are you evidencing it? And I felt like saying, if you ever set up a service in the prison, you don't have a great deal of time to do a doctorate as well. Um, and when commissioners came to see me, um, they asked me about my outcome measures and I, I don't have any clear outcome measures. I just think it's a real issue in OT. Um, and I couldn't give them outcome measures and I couldn't give them research, but they went and set up three services in the Midlands just based on the fact that they could see what I was doing and they could see that it worked. So, you know, I think it's really important what you're saying about those equalising spaces. I'm not academic. I probably am academic enough to do a PhD. If I gave up my whole life, I'd find it very, very difficult. I'm sure everybody gives up their life to do a PhD, but my processing isn't great. <laughs> um, but I don't want to feel that I haven't got value because 25 years of practical experience and having set up a very successful services that's been replicated by commissioners feels like I have a space at the table despite not being academic. So I think it's just really important because academia alone doesn't, doesn't, isn't action. It has to be acted out in the clinical world and the clinical world isn't going to make sense unless we have academics reflecting back to us. So it feels like partnerships are really important actually. I think that's where the it's like the academia into action, isn't it? If we if we partner with each other. Sorry, I just I've been trying to. That you know that's reality and it's true. We do need both, right? We can't survive just on um, people doing good work and showing their good work because it has its boundary, it has its limitations. But on the other hand, we don't want research that doesn't link to the real world. That doesn't mean it's just research for the sake of research, right? And so you need both and we need to partner up. So, um, you know, Deb, so there's a 
there is a wonderful research idea popping out of your lived experience and maybe you should explore that with with someone researchy <laughs> active uh, that 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 would that that would motivate you and not actually oppress your space or but actually equalize your space or uplift you because that's what you need is uplifting you've had enough of the you know yeah 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 you've got experience but I've got the numbers or the research or whatever and you just need a pairing that's going to uplift you that's something we're really really bad at is linking the clinicians and the academics you know like there must be millions of, not millions, obviously, there must be loads of, of clinicians out there who are doing really good stuff. And like you say, have no time for looking at a journal article. I have a list like, it, well, it doesn't end at the moment of articles I would love to read. And the chance of me actually sitting down and doing it is very, very small. I outsource them to Hannah, who reads them for me. Um, it's a good approach. We all need a Hannah, um, yeah. but but you know that's that's what other other professions and other um, like sciences and social sciences do much better is linking the people on the ground doing the work with the academics and they they matching the skills and matching the interests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting point. Um, Hannah, you had you had a point. Yeah, I, I was going to say um, something around why are we as a profession so scared of lived experience it's what makes us who we are and it what makes it it's our strength as a profession it what it's what brings that you know diversity and and depth of perspective to our profession um and, and i think off the back of that that synthesis of research and lived experience is it's got to be the way forward um you know i think about my experience I had to, you know, my, my research is around gender identity. I had to basically out myself in order to own my bias because my lived experience was inherent in the justification of my research project. Um, but everybody's experience informs their area of research and at their area of practice. That's their passion, you know, and that's how passion translates into what we do. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think, and a lot of the themes of conference full stop have been kind of collective voice, belonging and synthesis and, and togetherness. And, and we've got to embrace that in multiple different layers, I think. Um, mm, very good point. Very, very good point. Yeah. Uh, there was one. Can I, sorry. Let me make this point quickly, uh, Mission, you've come to you about the actions. Actions. We've got very short time left. We need to get to actions, remember. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, there was an old, old, old talk not that long ago when we were talking about narratives, uh, narrative approach to uh, research. I can't remember the person that was doing it. And then there was a lot of back and forth about, well, is it is it really good or is it not really good? I, I didn't really know where it was, but it sounds like that's something that probably we could probably do a lot more of because it is evidence. Like you said, it is evidence. When, when I hear someone else that's had very similar experiences to me, then I hear 10 other people that have had very experiences to me. That's what, that's... 12 people with the same <laughs> experience I'm sure that's that's quite a lot I'm sure there's that can be replicated 100 times um with very similar experiences very much lived experience which is gathered evidence and we can use that to inform the decisions that we make um going forward in my area of practice when a lot of the young men tell us that they don't feel like they're treated that well in certain situations 
yeah, I understand some, sometimes it's very difficult for them or everyone to be, to be telling the absolute truth, but it does get actioned. When everyone is saying exactly the same thing, it, it will eventually get actioned um, uh, by someone. Someone that's got pull their finger out and make a decision about something um, and, and, and make it stick. Um, so yeah, I think definitely lived experience and, and narratives and everything like that is very, very important to our practice because we do like to listen to people as occupational therapists. We, we, we want to hear what their life story is about. That's the only way we can help them to make the changes that they want to um, make. But I, I know you've got a point in there, Kate. Keep hold of that point, hold on to it because I want to move on to the actions. Um, <laughs> it's all about action, remember? So from all your learning in, in, in the conference over the last two days, anything that you've heard what what uh, what particular things are you personally going to do or are you going to make sure that you share with the wider OT world um, going forward and I think we've picked up a, a couple of things I think a conversation between academics and, and and practitioners is something that we probably need to have a little bit more conversation about um, especially in the in the UK hey uh, sorry right, mine's just a really quick one and it's more of a little bit of a gripe than anything there was a talk today, I won't mention which one, and the speaker referred to um, OT students as babies. And I didn't know how I felt about that. And it kind of hit a bit of a nerve with me. And I thought, hmm. And then I thought maybe I've misunderstood. Maybe she's talking about actual babies. But then I realised she wasn't. And I didn't really like that. So I'm just going to be clear when I qualify that I don't ever call a student a baby because I found it a bit derogatory as a student who's actually a mature student. <laughs> Maybe I should take it as a compliment rather than be bothered by it. But yeah, sorry, that's me. That's me. No, I think so what my action is going to be to be mindful of how I word things to others. Is that a good action? That is a fantastic <laughs> action. That's, I, I suppose that's the first thing you should be taught at university, how you speak to people. <laughs> language is very, we know how powerful language is and the impact that language can have on, on, on people and the way we might write uh, reports or, uh, you know, speak to individuals, how we greet people. First impressions are very, very important. So to call someone, oh, look, the baby OTs, that's... <laughs> quite offensive actually because a lot of the OTs that might be coming through have had a vast amount of experience equally as much as the qualified uh, occupational therapists just because they haven't got that piece of paper doesn't make them any less of a, a, a practitioner than anyone else or academic actually there's people that have come from doctorates of other areas coming to occupational therapy so are you going to call them baby OTs? anyway let me know let's not carry on we're <laughs> all night Mish what was your action <laughs> points and uh, and take home messages and anything else that you want to uh, finish on on I think you know um Marmot's plenary uh this morning and then the panel plenary with Dave and Hannah and Teo and Wendy and who have I missed somebody Clint, Clint, uh, Clinton classic Clinton, yeah. okay I think those two came together for me because Marmot's saying 10 years later, we're still talking about it. And he said very clearly, it's racism. Let's tackle the racism and it'll change the social determinants. And then the, the empowering conversation about anti-racism and, um, and anti-discrimination and inclusivity, not as this broad, diluted entity, but something of greater meaning, something of greater impact and purpose. That's what I took away from that 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 plenary was that when everyone was talking, they were talking about impact, 
And I think that's what I want to take away. Anything I do, not to go and have a rant about it, but to really just pause, pause, take a pause, Mitch, and think what's going to be the impact of this. You know, is it going to be students? Is it going to be my work? Is it going to be university or is it going to be practice based? I need to really pause and think about impact. That's my takeaway from the um, conference. Perfect. Thank you so much, Mish. Mish, you've done a fantastic job, by the way. Two, two conference, two presentations in two days, and you were doing another conference as well, right? You said so. You, I think you deserve a, a very good night's sleep <laughs> this this evening. So thank you, and also just want to thank you um, for all the work that you've been doing over the well throughout your career, but specifically over the last. 15 months or so trying to put, push the um, uh, agenda for people to really learn and, and listen and, and and talk and actually more importantly action um I know you, you love that word as well so always, talk is cheap isn't it I could always say talk is cheap um action has meaning so yeah thank you so much miss for the for the work you do and uh, re I really enjoyed I'm just, yeah I'm biased I enjoyed your conversation your, your, your... It's, it's collaborative it's collective and it's together action. I can't do it without the people around me. And that's the occupational therapy community, but it's my BAME OT community. It's my LGBTQ-OT-UK <laughs> and ABLE OTs now we've got as well. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it's, it's amazing. And these are social movements, isn't it? It's, it's one of those things that we, when we talk about social movement, we need to get off the ground before we can, you know, um, uh, move forward with it. Uh, let me pick on someone. Uh, Tux, and I'll come to you, Kate, afterwards, if you've got your point after. Yeah, I want to follow on from the three terms that Mish just gave, and I missed the last one. It was collaborative, collective, and... Together. Together. Together action. Together action. Together action. And I, I mean, I don't know that you shared that at the conference, but I think that's my takeaway given the summary or the concluding word from Steve. I personally, I, I didn't know much about Steve before and I didn't go digging, but I was very impressed by the conclusion he gave because I felt that he had heard what had been said and what people have, have been saying. However, there's also been comments here. I think, Kweku, you said, what's the action? What's going to happen? And I think over the next year, what we've got now for at least six months is what he said recorded, right? So I think we need to be quite um, collaborative, collective, and together action in joining the ARCOT because we're members of the ARCOT and we're not paying big money to sit around and then not listen to us. I think we need to join now. I think I, I felt like it was a clean slate. We now need to join and come along and work together with them um, in making our profession what it needs to be for us. Um, and then after the six months, if, if we get the pushback, then, you know, we can, then I think that's a different story, but I just feel like this is a good opportunity to try and move forward together, collaboratively, collectively, and together action with ARCOT rather than, you know, I yeah, I think it's a good time to try and move forward now. Yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely, well, Mish has got all the acronyms. Mish loves an acronym. She comes up with them like, like, like it's water. <laughs> um, but that's fantastic. Everyone write that one down. Make sure you can name it up. But no, uh, one of the things that, um, yeah, I had again mentioned to Stevie, he, I said something about RCOT and then the members and he was like, our RCOT, he talked about it being ours and I, was, and I, I commented to him that actually a lot of us feel very separated from RCOT. I, I, I don't particularly personally, I, I paid my membership, 
I, I like looking at the um, uh, things that are online, maybe sometimes I read some reports or look for the journals that are relevant to my work and things like that. But I don't, I don't actually feel like I'm RCOT. If someone asks me, am I RCOT? I don't feel like I'm part of them. And one of the things that you said, that that's, that's what he would like to create. And, that, and it's very difficult. Yes, Kate has got a drink in her hand. She just got a new a top up. <laughs> she distracted me with that drink. <laughs> This is this is a feature of Podcast Club. Is that halfway through Podcast Club, my husband brings me wine, and he he obviously sensed the the familiar theme and knew his role. Well done to him. Well done to him. Um, but yeah, no, I think one of the senses that should try to bring the the thirty thousand members or, or so together with the. I think he said about the 2,000 uh, staff and volunteers um, of the RCOT, and I, that's a very difficult thing to do, I, I think. Um, but it, everything takes time, and I understand. But as, as Tuk said, six months, six months down the line, if we're not really, <laughs> if we're not really shifting anywhere, <laughs> then I think, uh, yeah, the people that would have will be a little bit um, fidgety in the in their seats. Um, what about your final thought steps? Well, I think we already have shifted somewhere. I think in the last two days, I feel like we are shifting somewhere. I think the idea that this conference would have happened with decolonising OT and all the rest, just it was inconceivable a year or two ago. Um, you know, I've been to OT conferences where I felt like I've joined a cult that um, of a very somebody uh, was it Anita who said uh, don't don't recruit clones and it really made me laugh. You know, it just felt like there was just something very different starting to happen. And it's, you know, it's very early days. And I found myself slightly irritated by some of the comments in Steve's plenary that were coming up in the chat, like all this disappointment with specialist sections. And I found myself feeling somebody else isn't going to do it for you. You do know that specialist sections are self-organizing. Somebody isn't going to come along and organize you a nice, neat little group. You have to be that group. But then the next part is we do need to know that we've got a professional body that stands behind us. And I know that hasn't always felt the case um, with the BAME OT group, certainly not in the early days. And I just hope that that's changing uh, with the conference. No, yeah, yeah I, think, I think I'd really second what Tox is saying, which is we've got to give them a chance and we've all got to go for it and, and be who we feel we need to be and hope they back us. And if they don't back us, we'll do it without them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. I think I think yeah, it, it, yeah. You wait for the actions, and if you feel it feels relevant to you, if not, you just fly, open up your wings, and you know you you fly yourself because you can do it. It's not like you can't. You, you can. You know, there's a even in this little group that we got here. There's a lot of experience people in here that have got different ideas and are able to push forward with different different things. Who had the hand up? Hannah, you had your hand up. What about your some of your final thoughts? Yeah, so, so picking up off what Mish and Tox and Debs just said, I think fundamental to occupational therapy is that thing of we do with, we don't do for, and we don't do to, we do with. And um, I think that's, that's been a real sense captured in the last couple of days and something that, we, you know, it should be so core to our philosophy and our, our practice. So let's, let's re-embrace that and go forward with it. Fantastic. Thank you so much. What about you, Kate? So very quick aside is that I still haven't seen um, Mrs. Session because when I logged in like two days ago, no, not two days ago, I thought I was being really organised and I logged in on like Monday afternoon and it was full. And um, yeah, 
Mish is famous now. She's gone clear. She just, yeah, she just, it, she put something out. Hundred people sign up in two hours, even less than. So <laughs> you, you gotta be quick. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but but my gripe is more that I don't really understand why it was limited. So yeah. I understand having a limited, a, a, a limited number who can interact with it and keeping that limited. But why other people couldn't watch? I have no idea at all. That sort of niggled me. Because um, there were times, you know, I don't think I was doing, I don't think there was anything else at the same time that I wanted to see. Like, it was a bit annoying. On the actions front, because I know that's where we're going. Yeah. Um, I'm still slightly processing. So, you know, I, I kind of, it's all a bit smishy and it's not going to come out clearly. But there was a massive theme that I didn't really notice right from the start. But from that social occupational therapy talk, right on day one through most of the inclusion stuff but then with some very specific like there was a community rehab service in london um which was amazing but linking the two it was amazing because they've embedded it in the community and they've built the links from the ground up and that's why it's working so well and i think that element of the social occupational therapy which I think has always been a little bit in the clouds for me seeing ways that that can actually work in practice that's been really important and that's what I'm going to take forward I don't exactly know how so it's not exactly an action but that's that's the thing I think the thinking is really good though they having the fourth actually what, my, what can I do to make better links uh, uh, for my, the community of people that are working it, it's really good and uh, on that same point that that talk was really really good and especially when they had the videos of the uh, of the service users or patients or people speaking that was fantastic um, as well and uh, and then similarly on the same point talking going, jumping back to the museum um, uh, talk it, it done a very very similar thing actually embedding themselves in the community trying to work with all the different groups in the area that most people would would just like enter you know rather than being in a clinic clinic where it can be it can have a bit of a, a stigma around yeah I'm, I'm going i'm going to the well-being center or i'm going to the like people might not want to do that in in, in the community as such I mean, it's different when you're in a hospital setting or inpatient setting but when you're actually out and about you might not want to uh, um, meet someone <laughs> in in a clinic as such um but um let's move on quickly uh, there's a couple of people i missed uh charlotte what about what are some of your take home i know you're looking very tired Charlotte. Are you oh go sorry to sleep? am i getting lower and no. lower <laughs> you know i'm gonna sleep it's been a long time <laughs> i know sorry. i know what, what are some yeah, of the I'm actions in bed by now so no um for me i think yeah the messages of inclusion and connectiveness and being part of something bigger than your siloed service I think for me is going to be my action. Me personally, I'm the only OT in my service. I set the service up myself. It's just me. So it made me feel connected to something bigger. And so my action is to maintain that momentum of still being part of a community, even though practically I'm on my own. And I think that will help the patients or the service users or the clients in their progress if I'm more connected to outside of my prison unit walls 
if that makes sense. No, absolutely, absolutely. And also, thank you for your presentation. It was, it was really, really good to listen, even though I already, <laughs> I've already heard you speak about it, but it's always nice to hear it again. Eva, what are some of your actions and takeaways? I think my main action is around inclusion and understanding systems. And it's something that I've been very aware of, especially over the last year or so. But I think I, my action is going to be to get better at articulating because there's just been so many incredible speakers and they've presented things so well and I want to be able to do that. So I think I'm going to practice actually remembering what my sources are and knowing so that I can bring them up properly and knowing what they my arguments are so that I don't just get flustered when someone says something and then I think of what to say two hours later. So just practicing that, I think. <laughs> that will come. That will come. That will come with just engaging with the with, with conversations. It's about talking to mm. people, you know, interesting people, um, not so interesting people, just having a, <laughs> a wide scope of it because then it gives you a balance. I, I, I'm not someone that likes to listen to one viewpoint. You have to have an open mind and listen to all viewpoints and then mm. make up your own mind. So, yeah, definitely keep having those conversations with people. Um, keep watching different uh, podcasts or different uh, television programs, whatever you want, and then that will, that will come naturally um, because you have the enthusiasm to to want to do that. And I wish you all the best of your rest of your studies. So that yeah, Thank you, you. You, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll look forward to seeing you at a, a conference soon, uh, talking about your experiences <laughs> from this and how you've moved it forward. Um, finally, Almu. Yeah, my action going to be to catch up. No, because yesterday I was working the whole day, so I couldn't see any of the talks. Um, yesterday and tomorrow um, I've seen some of them so um, yeah my action will be catching up and then reflecting in order to create a new plan of action <laughs> for the new year mm. fantastic oh, that's a good that's, a, that's that's actually a very practical action <laughs> you're actually going to catch up with all of them and, and same similar to Kate as well you said you have to catch up with some of them but honestly um, unless anyone has got any final comments Kate go on that is a really important action because one of my learning points from the OT show was that stuff that you have access to for six months is never at the top of the priority list. And then all of a sudden it disappeared. And the OT show was dastardly because its end date was over Christmas and it, it just disappeared before I noticed. So um, actually making time to go and watch the stuff that I currently really want to go watch. That's probably going to say the same with this one, actually. It's probably going to disappear over the Christmas um, uh, break, uh, sort of. Um, Farrell? Well, I've already had my moan, but I think generally just trying to absorb it a little bit, spending a bit of time, taking it in, going back, re-looking over stuff, and, um, yeah, just getting getting my head around so much information. <laughs> Well, honestly, thank you so much, everybody. It's been it's been fantastic. Thank you for taking up the time. Um, I know it's a lot. It's been a lot of screen time today, but um, I, I've enjoyed seeing all of you and listening to all your different viewpoints and your reflections from the from the conference today. And I, I hope people that do listen to it um, equally enjoy the conversations that we have. And a final cheers to everybody. Enjoy your sleep. <laughs> it's lovely seeing you all. Lovely seeing you all, and take care. I'm off to buy some pens now. Some pens, yeah, go and buy some pens. <laughs> <laughs>